Hi, my name is Joseph Hernandez, and I am from Brooklyn, New York. I am 53 years old, and I am a human resources administrator. Hello, I'm Steven Sorrentino, originally from Long Island, New York, via Las Vegas, Nevada. I am an actor, comedian, impressionist, ugh, musician, all kinds of stuff. And I'm 60 years old. Steven and I have been together for almost 24 years. And as a matter of fact, in May, we make 24 years together. Joseph and I dated for about 20 years because <laughs> we couldn't get married. And then we got married about four years ago. If I had to describe our love story, I'd say it's an ever-changing adventure. Welcome to Our Love Story, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every week, a real couple recounts how they met, how they fell in love, and the biggest moments of their relationship. Now, let's hear their love story. Before I met Joseph, my dating life was really varied because I've been an entertainer and I was on the road a lot. So I met a lot of different types of people and there was a great spectrum of all different types of folks. But once I met Joe, you know, it was over. Before I met Steven, my dating life was pretty much a bore because I was a full-time college student and I also worked part-time. So my days and nights were packed with studies and working. So I didn't have a lot of time to get into a relationship or date until Steven came along. I met Joseph one strange night when I flew back from Las Vegas to close my New York apartment. I looked to go out that night and I decided to go to a place called The Monster, which is right across from Stonewall. And I went in and there was this guy sitting with a bunch of dudes at a, at a piano singing. And I just took a look at him. He was singing his heart out. He was all happy and he just looked just like a, a, a joyous thing. And I just looked at him and I'm like, look at that guy's eyes. He's got the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. And uh, once I was done just looking at this guy, the song was over. They all clapped and I stood up and cheered and he looked at me like I was crazy and then told me to come on over. <laughs> well, I, I heard the noise and I said, oh my gosh, like, what is that? So I, you know, turned around on this, you know, stool and I just saw him there standing there like cheering and applauding. And I was happy that somebody was actually applauding my singing, but I just thought he was the handsomest thing. And I said, oh my gosh, you know, and to myself, I said, he's really handsome. I think I'm going to, you know, ask him to come over. So I waved him over and he, he flew like he had wings. When I first met Joseph that night, I bought a drink for him and we sat and we talked a little bit. But it was one of those things where I just felt like I had known him before. So it was like almost rediscovering a friend. We went out to breakfast after the, the bar thing and we talked and talked. And uh, actually, he thought that I liked his friend. So my friend, he was my wingman and we were hanging out together that night. And for some reason, I almost felt like Stephen was paying more attention to him. And I wonder if he was just wanting to flatter my friend to get me to like him more. And so I got the impression that he liked him better. So I then he was going to say my good goodbyes and head on home. That's when Stephen said, oh, wait, don't you want to, you know, talk a little longer? Maybe have, you know, have some breakfast. And, and then I said, oh, OK, I think he he wants me. <laughs> so that's when I realized it. Our official first date, talk about long distance. I actually flew from New York to Las Vegas, Nevada, where Stephen lived. And he met me in, there and took me out to dinner to a lovely restaurant at the, at the Rio. 
and we just sat there and had a wonderful time. We also、um, had a third person with us, which I think was his wingman, a Tom Jones impersonator. So it turns out that when Stephen went to the restroom, the Tom Jones guy just kind of just went into me and was just like, "You got to be nice to him. He's a really good guy, and he's got a lot of of assets and valuable things. And and you know, if you're the, here for the money, then you got the wrong guy."、Um, he's my friend, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh!" Like I'm getting attacked, but it it worked out just fine. I wasn't there for those things. I was there for him. Stephen and I had entered into this long-distance relationship where we talked every day. This was before before texting, so、um, we were able to talk every day. And you know, he the schedules were different. You know, there was a three-hour delay,、uh, a three-hour difference. So、uh, I would be getting out of school at night, and Stephen would be on a break before the finale of his show. I'd open up the show, so in the first twenty minutes of the show, I'd you know bang out the first twenty minutes, and then I'd run, get halfway out of my costume, get onto the payphone, borrow like quarters to put in, and I would talk to him the entire time. That was just two minutes before I had to go back for curtain. The Prince impersonator who I used to work with, a guy by the name of Frank Moore, he used to go, "Ooh, you're gonna miss the curtain because you love him." <laughs> he was awesome. So I would just, you know, the last second I could say, "I gotta go, I gotta go, I gotta go," and then hang up the phone, boom, and get back on stage. And then sometimes I'd call him again, but it was already too late. So I couldn't wait to talk to him. And this went on for months and months until I said, "Look, I'm in the middle of a career here. Either you're gonna come here and visit, or..." You know, this is the long-distance thing that's not going to go anywhere. And he came out to visit me. It was awesome. So I flew to Las Vegas to meet up with Stephen and see where it would take us. So my my friends in New York, I was so excited to tell them that I was going to Vegas to meet Stephen and to to hang out with him for a few days. And they said, "Oh my gosh, you don't even know this guy. He could be an axe murderer. Just keep your wits about you and be careful." And then, sure enough, the man takes me into the desert. When I picked up Joseph from the airport, I wanted to take him out to the middle of the desert because there was this、uh, meteorite shower that night, and I thought it would be cool. And I had this really cool like cabriolet at the time, so I had the top down, and I took him to the center of the desert, and I just parked so we could see the the meteorites. And he was really weird, and I'm like, okay, so the guy is weird. I didn't realize he was weird on the phone, but now in real life, he's weird. But what had happened was he thought one of his friends said, "You know what? This guy's gonna just chop you up or something. He was an axe murderer. When you go there, be careful." So the first thing I did was take him in the middle of the desert, shut the car off in the dark, and he's like, "This is it. There's nothing around but like tumbleweed." And I was just, I was, I was terrified. I was horrified. I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is really going to happen to me." So I, I thought I was gonna be toast. <laughs> Our first kiss happened after we had spent all that time in the diner, just just eating and talking and laughing. And then he was gonna walk me so that I can head on home. And we just we just snuck a quick tap on the lips, really quick, and、um, it was nice. My first kiss with Joseph, I was just thankful that he didn't have dentures. I'm kidding. <laughs> it was、uh, again a familiarity. The second I kissed Joseph, I felt like I was home, like this was something that I was missing, but I didn't know I was, and it just I felt like home. I keep saying that because that's the truth. It felt like something I was really comfortable with immediately. 
my life with Joseph, before we moved in together, it was a back and forth type of thing. And I just wanted to be with him as much as possible, but I was in the middle of a six night a week show. I went to see him in New York and he was nice enough to take me to a Broadway play, which was awesome. So he was in school at the time and I, I wanted to see what it was like to like be with him for a long time. And the first night I moved into my hotel in Manhattan and Joseph took me out to dinner and we went to a show and I said, okay, so now what? He goes, well, I gotta go study. I have finals next week, bye. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> But that's the way it was with us, back and forth. And I would fly him in and I, he would you know, fly out to see me and then I'd come to New York and it went back and forth. And I was uh, on tour in Beirut, Lebanon, and I was taken hostage at one time. And at one point I called him and told him that we, we weren't gonna be coming home. It, it, this could possibly happen that I was gonna die. He said, you have to get home any way you can. So I was supposed to go to Malaysia, believe it or not. And instead I went home to be uh, with Joseph on Christmas in New York. I called him and he tried to talk me down because there was a really bad situation over there. And I didn't hang up the phone properly and I got an $1,800 phone bill that night. It was, uh, our time together via long distance was was nice. I mean, we, we missed each other a lot. We talked all the time. He loved sending me things in the mail. So he would send, he sent me, you know, birthday card and he sent me gifts and he sent me a, a Gucci keychain that I used forever and ever and ever until it broke a few years ago. And then he just bought me another one when that one broke. <laughs> but like he, he, he's, he did a lot of nice things for me. And I also would send him nice things as well. And we used to fax things back and forth, which is kind of weird. And, you know, people just text now, but I used to like do these cute faxes and fax him and he'd fax me back. <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. But we stayed in touch and um, I did travel to Vegas a few times during that 10 month span to spend time with him. And he also would come and spend time with me in New York. At one point come the next year and I just said, like I said earlier, I'm in the middle of a career move. And like I'm in the middle of a, like a resurgence of doing stuff. So if this is going to continue, you can come to me, but I can't come to you, which is pretty crappy to say. And Joseph picked up everything. He sold everything once he got out of college and he moved to Las Vegas and sent his boxes and totally took a chance without anything. He just sent his stuff and said, okay, I'll move to Las Vegas. Completely changed his life, sold his furniture. So for that, he gets the medal of courage. <laughs> I think uh, it was a really good decision. As Steven said, I sold everything. I quit my job. I said goodbye to my family and I jumped on a plane. And here it is 24 years later. Some of the hurdles in our relationship are like any other relationship, I guess. Being in show business, my life is a roller coaster. And Joseph has had to come way up and way down you know, I used to party a bit too much in the day and I decided to, to stop uh, drinking completely maybe 13 years ago or more because I thought that Joseph deserves the same person every day at all times. Another hurdle was the fact that he's a vegetarian and I'm not. And so you can imagine how it is in the kitchen because, you know, his food doesn't touch my food and vice versa. And so he's a great cook. I find myself to be a good cook too, but sometimes it's like, okay, I don't feel like eating a vegetable dish. You know, I have to have something with protein. And he's like, no, don't, don't do that or don't cook that next to me. It's, it's really weird sometimes, but we get past it. Carnivores. 
thinking about when I knew Joseph was the one was probably day one and probably yesterday. It, it's always an ever-changing, ever-evolving feeling. I think everybody changes every seven years of their life. And the first seven years, he was the one. The second seven years, he was the one. The last seven years, he's been the one. So it's just, you have to reevaluate yourself. You look in the mirror at yourself and you look at the person next to you and you just say, yeah, that's it. That's what I like. That's what I want. I remember the moment I knew Steven was the one. I was working in Manhattan and he showed up and surprised me. And he was waiting for me at the bottom of the office building with a cup of hot tea because he knew that I love tea. And I come out of the revolving doors there and there he is standing there in his long, you know, cashmere full length coat with the cup of tea in the freezing cold. And when I saw him, uh, I could see like, I, it's almost as if I saw like a ray of light on him and my heart told me, oh my gosh, this, this is the one, this is him. Susan Sarandon was walking by as he walked out and he didn't notice Susan Sarandon, he noticed my tea and my, you know, waiting for him. <laughs> It was kind of cool. Oh, yeah, she was with her husband and their and their baby at the time, Tim Robbins and the baby. But Joseph never noticed because I was there <laughs> with the tea. <laughs> I don't remember the first I love you because I'm not a really I love you person right in the beginning. I have to really mean it. But I know I didn't say it right in the beginning. I know I really weighed my words. It's not something that I just throw out on the table. But I know that when I said it, I meant it and things changed. I think it was the first I Love You With Us was more in text, in written text, meaning we used to send cards back and forth, greeting cards. 24 years ago, it was a really different world. And to wait for a card to come in the mail and you say, oh, I wonder what he's going to write, as opposed to a momentary text where your, your thought just goes out and spills out into the world and the person gets it. It was really romantic to see what was going to be in the card. And sometimes I had rose bushes, a really beautiful rose garden. And I would put petals in the in the cards. So different color petals, different times of year. And so he would wait to see what color petals or which roses I was sending. Uh, I do remember that because he did that all the time. There was always some little something in, in the card folded in that would just make it that much more special. The proposal for us, because we say we're married for 24 years because we've been together for 24 years. When I told him that either you're gonna move forward or not, would you come and live with me? Do you think I'm nice? And he's like, yes, I think you're lovely. And have we been good to each other? Yes. I said, so either you're gonna come, if you love me, you're gonna come and live with me in Las Vegas and we'll start fresh. You know, you can start a new life if you want, if I'm worth it. If not, do your thing. So I was a traditionalist, and so I said, you need to put a ring on it, which, which he did. And I still have it on my hand here 24 years later. And so this is the original ring. And so I said, I really want to have a ring. I mean, I want, I want people to know that I belong to somebody and with somebody. And so he did buy me that ring. And then I went over to Vegas to live with him as husband and husband for two weeks. So I took two weeks off of work and I said, don't do anything special. I just want to see you with your hair messed up and I want to see you, you see how you look in the morning and all this stuff. And we just acted normal for two weeks. And then after that, he, um, I, I, I had already bought a ring for him and I gave him the ring at the end of the two weeks and said, here's your ring. 
And, you know, I think we should move forward. And when Joseph gave me the ring, I didn't expect it. And I cried. And I'm not a big cry person. Like, you know, I'm a dude, you know. But it just touched me. For me, with regard to getting married, the actual paper, it never really means all that much to me. Uh, or it never has. To me, being together, sharing your life, traveling, having mutual friends, and being happy, that's marriage. So when we did it formally, it was, uh, okay, yeah, cool. I think that it was nice to eventually, you know, get that piece of paper and, and hold it up and say, okay, we're legal. Like, you know, the United States like is honoring this. And so that really felt great. And I also wanted to just make sure that we had a, a celebration. So it was nice to have a celebration with all the family there to just to be there with us and to celebrate after all these years that we were finally legally married. We got married at City Hall, but outside in the courtyard. It was a nice day. We had a justice of the peace there, and we were surrounded by workers who were spreading manure. So you heard me right. <laughs> they were spreading manure on the bushes and stuff. And I said, Stephen, it really smells like, like doo-doo right now. And he says, yeah, the workers are like spreading manure. I didn't, we didn't know that was going to happen. But still, we had our ceremony right there. And our witnesses were those town workers doing their job. Yeah, talk about a crappy event, for real. <laughs> and all these guys are just, they were just watching us. You know, there were a bunch of straight dudes that were from wherever, not from America. And they're just looking at us like, holy mackerel, these guys are getting married in the middle of a manure spreading. And they clapped when it was over. <laughs> we hugged and they clapped. <laughs> the rest is history. They did applaud, yes. That was, <laughs> was kind of nice. We figured it'd be a great idea to have my 50th birthday party and make that the reception. So we invited everybody that we would have invited to the wedding. And we just had a great time with family and friends. Um, Steven, a lot of Steven's celebrity friends showed up, which was nice. And um, it, it gave it that extra layer because you like to do fun things at these events. And then these people were just being almost mobbed by my, my friends and family. And it was just, it was a lot of fun to see that happen. I was kind of the wedding singer back in the early 80s. So for, that's what I did for many, many years. I got most of my experience on stage and all of my comedy stuff from just being a wedding singer. Did five weddings a weekend. So when it came to our reception, I said, it's going to be your 50th birthday. Let's do something in Brooklyn. Do it right, like old school wedding. And I did. I ran it like a, like a wedding. So when I was on the microphone with the DJ and Joseph sat there with his mom and, ladies and gentlemen, let's meet for the first time as man and wife. I didn't say that because, you know, it's him and his mom. But it was just like a wedding. And then he did the first dance with his mom. And I'm like, let everybody join in. And I did a cake cutting ceremony just like a wedding. It's, it was a wedding, um, birthday, and bar mitzvah all stuck together. And we're, you know, both ex-Catholics. I don't know. <laughs> so we were used to traveling so much through the years that when it came time for us to have a honeymoon, we decided to just take a week and hang out by our pool. We have a ranch in Virginia that's like a resort and we just stayed home and we relaxed by the pool. We did some kayaking and stuff and just enjoyed each other. Rather than going somewhere to do something, we just stayed and just, we were. And it was really, really a, a great honeymoon. Some of the things that I love about Joseph, I would say the most is his peace. 
the fact that he is not hyper like I am, that he is grounded and he is well read and he could sit and read 3,000 pages of something, completely understand it and just go, here's what it says. I don't have that kind of peace. I'm kind of frantic and crazy and, and Joseph is the opposite of me, which I always wanted to be. So the things that I wanted the most of my life, Joseph is. Well, what I love most about Stephen is he's very compassionate and kind. He loves animals to a fault and he loves the elderly. And so he just really treats older people really nicely. And I just love that about him. And just the way he treats all animals, that kindness, that, that care is just wonderful. And I, I really love that about him. The thing that I'm looking forward to the most in the future with Joseph is to see him happy, to continue to see him happy and to do everything I can to make him happy. Just contentment, the things he loves the most in life are animals and pets and beauty and beautiful surroundings and family. And I will do my damnedest to make sure he has that for the rest of my life. Gosh, I think I'm looking forward to many, many, many uh, more years together with Stephen, walking alongside him, being um, his best friend, providing him with support and love, and helping him to realize any of his goals that haven't come to fruition yet. I want to be right there with him to celebrate. listening to our love story. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and on Twitter at Parcast Network. For more episodes of our love story, follow us on Spotify and check out other Parcast originals, all available on Spotify. Our love story is executive produced by Max Cutler and is a Spotify original from Parcast. It was created by John Cohen. Sound designed by Kristen Acevedo with associate sound design by Jamie Ryan. Production assistance by Ron Shapiro. It's produced by John Cohen, Kristen Acevedo, and associate produced by Alex Trigvadotter.